Welcome to episode number 57 for the National Land Realty Podcast, where we discuss all things land. Our goal here is to inform, educate, and entertain those of you who own land or are interested in buying and selling of land throughout the United States. My name is Mac Christian, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer here at National Land Realty. I'll be your host for this episode. Shoot by sight, walk by faith. This is the motto of today's guests. Jeff Danker, Daniel McVeigh, and Cole Cannon are the orchestrators of Buck Ventures Outdoors, and they live this motto each and every day. Their show, Buck Ventures, can be seen on the Outdoor Channel, My Outdoor TV, and News 9 Plus in Oklahoma. The Woodsman, another show created by the Buck Ventures Outdoors team, can be seen on My Outdoor TV. The team also recently released Between the Brows, a podcast about outdoor pursuits, real life issues, and current events. Today, we're talking with Jeff, Daniel, and Cole about land, real estate, hunting, and how their outdoor pursuits and faith came together to create a media powerhouse. Now sit back and enjoy. I'm bringing a, a little bit of a special treat today. Uh, we're talking with the crew of Buck Ventures. We've got Cole Cannon, we've got Jeff Danker, and uh, we've got we've got uh, Daniel McVeigh here. So all three of y'all, I, I'm going to hit you with questions and just jump in as you can. I'm, I'm not going to like pick on one after another. I, you guys have worked together long enough to where you know you know you know who can like jump over the top of who. Uh, but how did you all start Buck Ventures? Uh, what you know, tell me about the program. For those of you that don't know, this is a show that they have going on. You guys are all over the place. Um, so, so tell me how you got this all this thing started. Well, well, Mike, it's been uh, first of all, thanks for having us on. Um, we sure appreciate you. Appreciate National Land. Um, you know, Buck Venture's been going this year's twentieth anniversary, Mike. Um, and uh, you know, it's not something that really we set out to do. Is uh, heck, I was a, a cap roper, team roper. Kind of, my dad was grooming me to be to the NFR. We were. That's all I love to do. My dad's a roofer, so I was roofing. I didn't like to do that, but I did like the money, and I'm thankful that he taught me how to work. And then, shoot, we just got an opportunity to uh, kind of get with a guy that was on a local television show, and I learned a little bit. And like I said, not to get into all the details on that, but we ended up with a show called Buck Ventures Outdoors in 2003. And we didn't know what we were doing. And, um, and you know, literally we're kind of that guy, Mac, that was uh, filming our little girls at, on Christmas. And if you watch the footage, it'd make you sick. You know, we couldn't hold the camera still. Uh, but, man, we started it on uh, Walk by Faith, Not by Sight, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And uh, that was in 2003, and we've made more mistakes. I mean, we about went bankrupt, I don't know how many times, but somewhere along the line, God, he got that, and he started using that platform. Um, and and we, started, we started heading in the right direction. I mean, I, I remember, you know, people think, well, you're on TV, you're getting paid for that. No, you're actually paying the TV to be on TV, and then you have to find money to pay for it. And uh, I remember my wife's looking at me like, dude, you ain't roofing, you ain't rodeoing, we ain't got no money. And I'm thinking, oh, I, I just give me a little bit. You know, and I remember our first uh, sponsor, I think we got like four or five packages of broadheads. That's no joke. Some product. And, um, but I'll kind of let Daniel jump in from there, of kind of where he started fitting into this. That was 2003, and it was a struggle. Uh, and then I met Daniel, I believe, in 2000, into 2004, maybe. And Daniel, I'll let you kind of take it from there. Uh, yeah, um, you know, me and Jeff actually met in 2004 in New Mexico. Um, I was guiding elk hunts there. That's how I kind of started my hunting career. I started guiding elk hunts in, uh, and actually it was 99 is when I applied for the school and went the first time in 2000. And then I met Jeff in 2004 on an elk hunt in New Mexico. And so um, that's where I got my start basically in Buck Ventures. I mean, we hit it off, become really good friends. And, uh, you know, the next year, actually, um, I lived in West Virginia at the time and Jeff kind of teased me and said, you know, it'd be hard to be a pro staff if I lived in West Virginia because nobody would take me serious. So I picked my <laughs> wife up and we moved to Illinois. And uh, 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 I went to Pike County, Illinois, actually. <laughs> and, and then uh, Jeff invited me that year to a pro staff meeting they had in Missouri. And so it's been 
it's been in the races ever since. So I lived in Illinois for a long time and then moved, uh, moved to Oklahoma here full time for Buck Ventures in January of 2011. So, um, I've, now I'm a Okie. So I've moved across the country a little bit trying to chase the dream. So that's how I ended up with Buck Ventures. And then Cole became Mike. He was an intern for us in Cole. What year? Uh, twenty. It started January of twenty nineteen. Uh, yeah, kind of. I grew up watching these guys. Just I'm significantly younger than they are, as you can tell. <laughs> and so I uh, grew up watching these guys and uh, got into college and just kind of fell in love with the video and photography side of things. Uh, and I think y'all started the pro staff back up in June of 2018, I think it kind of died off for a little bit and I applied, uh, I was going into my senior year of college. I applied, they accepted me. Uh, then I had to have an internship to graduate for college. And basically I just sent t- Jeff a text saying, Hey, I don't know if y'all do this, but, um, I need an internship. Can I come down and, and, you know, be a part of it? And he said, well, yeah, come down, we'll figure it out. And I managed to get my department to sign off on it. They had no idea what I was going to do. Um, <laughs> But that was, yeah, that was in January. Then they, they never told me to leave. So been here, what, four and a half years now or whatever it is. So, Well, Mike, it's just been, God is just blessing it. It's just unreal, the platform we get to use. And, you know, if anybody watches the show, Bug Ventures, the, and then we have the Woodsman, we share the gospel every week, straight out of the, the word, you know, from the word. And, and uh, we're going to continue to do that. That's our biggest thing is just to live that way and not just a, a hunting show that's saying, thank you, Lord, but a hunting show that is putting God first, you know, our wife second and our family and then dinner hunting or jobs or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then, so that's what I wanted to ask you to kind of speak into a little bit because you take a unique platform with the show in that respect. Tell me a little bit about that, how that evolved and sort of how that carries you forward. Well, I mean, I said, even with Daniel back in the day, I mean, you know, I, I have seen probably more than anybody on this, this this podcast morning, probably a lot of people listening, but God did have a hand in my life and he, and he put people in me. So I, I truly knew, I started learning the Bible. I started learning what it meant, what what truly the Bible said. And, and then I took even Daniel as, as I tried to put that into his life as he came in and he didn't know a lot about the Lord or whatever. And, um, you know, I tried to be that example. To, to teach him and show him things and and then I watched God do what he's done in Daniel's life and and even now with you know Cole and you know obviously Cole come from a Christian background Chancey come from a Christian background a lot of the guys we have come from a Christian background but I sure would never want to be a stumbling block to them I want them to come in and be like man you know Jeff is the real deal and not just the guy that is shooting a big bucks saying thank you Lord and then you know maybe dropping GDs and F-bombs that later that day or <laughs> Or whatever, you know what I mean, and that that, yeah, that yeah. is a laughing deal, but it, it happens all the time. And uh, so, you know, that is what we want to do. We want to recognize here at Buck Ventures that God is in control. God, you know, all good things come from above, and so when good things happen, and not that they always do, God puts us in valleys and trials and <clears throat> tribulations, you know. But even recognize that and have joy through that. So we're really trying to live that out, Mac. And, and then again, spread it on national TV to millions of people because we know where the world's headed, and we know that whatever we do, whether we're selling ground with national land, whether we're, you know, hunting or whatever, it's it's Colossians three twenty three talks about you know whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, you do unto the Lord, and so that is kind of our motto here. And, and iron sharpens iron is one you know sharpens another. Gotcha, and so. As, as you kind of did that evolve or was that sort of the premise of starting this all out in the first place? What was the evolution of sort of how you took a platform on the show and how you've kind of driven this message? Well, it, it was a start. We started with Second Corinthians 5, 7, walk by faith, not by sight. But I will tell you this, Mike, there was there was a time in my life where I this was an eye. You know, there's no if, ands or buts. I mean, this became me having the steering wheel, you know, and, and, and God had to shut that down multiple times through this. And, you know, with a struggling marriage and, and this and that and, and me again having an idol, you know, I think we struggle with that. I think men do. I mean, you know, it's the pride deal, the, the not being humble, you know, 
and learning as I went to, to know that, man, I need to be meek. I need to be humble. I need to be let God do, you know, and work hard, but have that balance. I think that's the struggle with men. And in work is the balance to balance, man. I got to go work hard, but then I got to work hard at home and I got to find that balance. So God worked that out and it started, like I said, in my mind with the right heart, but I got so far off, uh, you know, and so now I really try to wake up intentional every day to not let that ever happen. I like to say that we were blessed with short attention spans and the mindset to think we know it all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah that's for sure for sure so uh daniel i wanted to ask you something you you mentioned that you met jeff on a hunt were you guiding jeff uh yes actually i was working for an outfitter in new mexico and jeff came on a hunt and that's where we met i ended up guiding him that week and then um i think the very next year actually he was in illinois hunting when i moved there and so uh, we become pretty good friends basically right off. I mean, um, you know, uh, we, I think we talked to Jeff just about every week from then on out. I think we just kind of hit it off and just become my best friend. Well, just, uh, yeah. yeah. One thing I want to bring up in this, Mike, you, you got a question here. One of the craziest hunts you've ever been on. Daniel, was this the hunt where we had to, you had to work with the task force? Yeah. Yeah. This uh, was the, to arrest the outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Daniel's I, telling me, man, we're finding out stuff. So even the tag I think that I was hunting on was illegal. Daniel didn't know it. The outfitter was the biggest crook in the deal. And they, the FBI, or some, who called you, Daniel, and told you, and you were having to yeah, set him uh, up. And, <laughs> yeah. So actually what happened, you know, I'd always guided Montana and Idaho. And so this was my first and only year in New Mexico. And so this outfitter, you know, was referred and, and, and seemed legit, but, um, they come the hunt before Jeff was on a different piece of property that he actually falsified maps and we were hunting Indian reservation. And then the stuff oh that Jeff God. was hunting was private land but it was tags that he made up and so what happened was is he wasn't there i was out scouting i found a poached elk along the road i called the game warden like you know you're supposed to the game warden shows up and then basically he just uh, he went to basically treat me like criminal and i didn't and it didn't know what it was about and then eventually it got to the point where he was telling me what a crook he was and and so i ended up before they would even let me leave the state they made me set him up so they could catch him because he was never there so uh that all come from when i met jeff yeah so uh you know sometimes they're just yeah, bad I, I was leaving and daniel's talking to me he's like man Pray for me. I'm in this truck and, and task force and he's meeting to get some money. And then all of a sudden he gets out of the car and all these people, machine guns come out. Yeah. And Daniel said, all right, I'm leaving. <laughs> so it was a heck of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they confiscated, you know, uh, the, the guy that hunted before <laughs> Jeff had shot a bear and I had all his cape. I mean, you know, and they, and I just gave it to him, but they, that Jeff's right. I mean, there was 40 of them with, I mean, AKs and assault rifle and full, I mean, it was a full task force. I mean, oh my they, gosh. Yeah. They, they were after him pretty hard. I guess he had been, you know, but I mean, anytime you falsify and hunt Indian reservation, you know, they're going to hang you, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. So that's how me and Jeff become friends. Yeah. I, I had that imagined as going a completely different direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened. Well, what? I want to get back to that, but I, I did want to hit you with, how did Jeff do? Uh, so the funny you ask, it, it, Jeff's the only, the only elk client that I had that never flung an arrow. So no, he didn't do very good. That wasn't a very good guy. <laughs> but we were limited to like 5,000 acres he had us on. And, you know, 5,000 acres in the mountains. I mean, you yeah. hear the bulls over there and you couldn't go. And it was a pretty bad hunt, really. You just had to wait for them to walk into your pocket. Yeah, yeah that's no good. But we're fixing going to elk hunting, hopefully in New Mexico, <clears throat> and that should be a little better. We're actually going with Ronnie. So Ronnie, uh, we're, we're we're partnering up with him, and we're going to be in New Mexico, and I think we're leaving September seventh. You're going with Ronnie, okay? Now, now you're going to get this one on film, right? <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, we're filming him and filming. Daniel was going. We're all three going. Then Daniel, we ended up having to send to South Korea. So Daniel's leaving for South Korea instead of going to New Mexico hunting. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's so, so you're for 
four buck ventures in South Korea? Uh, no, we have a an equipment business as well, um, a tractor and lawnmower business called Five Seven Equipment, and I I, I, I kind of help run all that stuff. So they invited us basically last minute, and it's kind of a big deal, and I have to go. I'm not really. Just so you know, I did tell them no to begin with. All right, I didn't. I didn't want to give up the elk hunt. So I haven't been elk hunting. Um, I have not been elk hunting for myself since I started guiding, and, and I haven't been back to elk hunting since. Uh, actually, me and Jeff hunted. So, um, you know, this was this was actually going to be twenty years since we met because we met no four. So it's the season wise, it'd be twenty seasons. So it was kind of a big deal. And we're actually not hunting too far from where we met, but. Um, God has other plans. So, yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask if you would get out west still because you're out in Oklahoma now. Um, yeah, and then for those that don't know, Daniel's talking to us right now. He's he's sitting in a sprayer in the middle of a field. Um, yeah, it's getting pretty hot. By the way, no, suck it up, dude. It's only 105. Yeah, you you don't have one of those AC units in there. Or? I do, but when I had the tractor run with the AC, you can't hear. So I had to turn the tractor off and sit in the shade. Yeah, see, I'm sitting in the shade. You know. <laughs> <laughs> fire that thing up. We don't want you getting a heat stroke. Yeah. That's no good for that's no good for anybody. Um, so so Cole, as you came on board, you said you grew up watching these guys on TV. What was it? How did you meet them in the first place? For first question, and then and then what was it like, sort of getting integrated into the group? Yeah, so I never. I've said I grew up watching them. I never had met them until uh, they opened the pro staff back up. Um, that was in 2018. I applied, came to the meeting, which is a little. I don't remember what it was called here in Chandler. Um, met them. There was, I believe, what, Dana, 74 of us total, I think, that mm, showed yeah, up that yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that was the first time I'd ever met them, other than, you know, you, when you watch them on TV, you feel like you know them. Um, but I got to meet them. And then, uh, yeah, whenever they, they brought me on board, it was, again, coming to this, you never know what it's going to be like. You, you think you're just going to get to hunt, hunt for a living. Uh, there's a lot more to it than that once you, you know, get in here there's business parts to it and you know i guess real work uh that has to be done you know other outside of hunting season but it's been awesome they've been kind of what you see on tv is exactly what you get in person there's there's no differences there you know they talk about the lore on the show they're living it out in, in their daily lives and that's you know coming into it you don't know that you're just hoping that you know you're going to be surrounded by good people who are honest and, and hardworking and, and that's kind of what it what it's been so um yeah thankful to to be a part of it now and um yeah pretty much be their boss it's uh yeah it's been good well Cole, Cole Mac started pretty much I think the first year filming me the, the whole first year didn't he mm-hmm. yeah yeah so he was over my shoulder from the get-go and uh so then that developed into now he you know he hunts more I mean he still films a lot uh, probably edits less than he did uh, in per se, I guess, Cole. I mean, as far as episodes, you do some, but, but uh, yeah, he, he's just in charge, Mike, of pretty much all of production. And then, uh, you know, we're having to do so many episodes, he's having to make sure he gets enough episodes too, but his main deal is still over my shoulder um, and then hunts, you know, when he can, but he does know every nook and cranny because he's with me all the time. He knows, he knows my farm better than me sometimes. If anybody needs any blackmail on either of them, I, I got it. Perfect. You can get where all the bodies are buried. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, hunting show, how many days a year do y'all hunt? Well, you know, this year is probably going to be one of our toughest. We have 18 original episodes. And, you know, I think people don't understand is. When you're hunting bear chase, and then we're doing, Mac, a lot of, if you really dive into our show, you know, Daniel's talking, y'all talking about guides. Very few times do we ever have a guide. You know, obviously, if we're going to elk hunt sometimes, but a lot of those elk hunts that we did, we didn't even have a guide. What we did is, you know, back when I did that real heavily, I, I went, and my goal was to shoot a public land bull by myself. So it took me three years to be able to do that. And... And so that's kind of our motto is to, um, when we first started is I wanted to do it like everyone else did. And, and really that's my heart 
too. I, I love um, having my own place. I love building it. I love being behind that bug knowing this was from me. Not that there's anything wrong with guys, but so that becomes work. And so people don't realize that these bucks don't read the script after, you know, they, they see that episode that Cole puts together and it's 22 minutes. And really there's only 17 minutes of content and Jeff Danker shot another big, but there's so much that goes into it, you know, and sometimes you have those good years and, and I hunt less because it all starts out good. And in some years it's like you're, you're beating your head against a brick wall. Um, we usually start hunting, you know, the end of August, and we'll go up until January something, um, unless we need to go longer or whatever it might be. But um, so you can bet we're hunting that much. And, and our our key is whitetail, big whitetail. Um, you know, we're going to do some elk hunting, uh, possibly some moose and grizzly in the future. But mainly that whitetail of probably three and a half months. Now that being said, we call it big buck work. Hashtag big buck work. It's all here. I mean, we we are back and forth to Kansas, back and forth to Northwest Oklahoma. That's the other thing people don't realize is this office right here where we're in is setting in in just east of Oklahoma City, about forty minutes. Our hunting property in Oklahoma is four hours from here, so there ain't nothing easy about it. I mean, Chancey's actually out at the ranch today doing some work for us, but um, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, we have properties in Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Ohio. I say Nebraska, we're hunting real free in Nebraska. We have a permission property in Missouri. And we're basically, every time we're sitting in a tree stand, our hands put it up. So these are all the, the, the shows that you, that you shoot. These are on properties that you've cultivated and you've done the work on. This isn't like you. So I, I know that, and, and I say that because there's a lot of hunting shows and you spoke to it where they go out, if they're going to a location, it's, they basically put a, put a contract together that says you can guarantee game and, and they'll go out to where they know they're just getting put on point and there's something in front of them. Unless it's, you know, unless it's one of the public land shows where they're doing self hunts, but you're talking about self hunts that you put together where you've cultivated the land, right? Well, and yeah, I mean, you're looking at some of the other shows, like, again, nothing wrong with it, but they're, they got five days that they're going to be at the Milk River. Well, they already, when they're sitting in office right now, they put a check mark. Okay, there's there's one episode, and they can lay those out pretty much on, yeah, we're getting an episode. I mean, it's just like us. We go to Nebraska with a rifle November 13th or 12th, whatever that Saturday falls on real trees ground. Well, we can sit in this office, and we go, yeah, we're going to have an episode here. I mean, we will have an episode. But pretty much, other guys, unless you can think of one, I don't know of any of them. So, yeah, it's all, it's like the Kansas ground. I own all it, the 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 Oklahoma stuff, we lease it. We have our own lodge. I mean, that is all our work. If we don't do the work, we ain't kill nothing. Uh, Missouri is, like I said, uh, they just roll in there and start hanging and hunting. They don't have a deer stand up, and if they do, you know, it's it's probably not set up for field. Um, and in Ohio, we lease ground. We have 500-acre lease there. I mean, so, yeah, you're exactly right. We are doing it just like anyone else would. So with this, if I'm reading between the lines here, when you go into a new season and you're shooting episodes, you, it's not like you're going in guaranteed. There's a probability of failure with each one of these, right? Yeah, and I, I think what we do is try to show things as they happen. I think that's the other draw to us is they're just like, man, you know, they're struggling. And, you know, it's like anything, Mike, is if you can get it started off good a lot of times, because it's like going to play golf, right? If you got confidence or team rope or cap rope or whatever, if you're, if you got confidence, it just bleeds over. And the same thing, I believe, like if we start them seasons out pretty good, you know, if you get fortunate, God will bless us early, it's like you get something going. But just the opposite, I mean, last year, me and Cole, we were November, well, October 25th, he shoots one, I film. But up until that point, we'd been hunting since September 1, and it's October 25th, and we felt like the biggest idiots out there there is, you know, and that's the way it is, right? You, the whole world's watching, you know. You've built it all up. They've seen your velvet footage. They see all this, man, Cole and Jeff and Dan, and boy, they're going to kill all these big bucks, and then they don't hear from us for two months because you don't want no one to know. But October 25th, Cole pulled the trigger on a good one in northwest Oklahoma. The next one hit November 6th. I shot a, a big one November 14th 14th and in november 15th we shot two back to back i shot one in nebraska one in oklahoma over decoy but again 
you just got to, it just got to, and you got to be patient. You got to learn. I've been doing it a long time and you have to, and I tell anybody out there, Mike, see the sunrises, see the sunsets and let that sink in no matter what's going on. Cause that booner can be shot in the next 30 seconds. You know, you never know when you're in that tree, but you have to enjoy the journey. Um, or it catches up to you and it ain't no fun. And one thing, one thing I'll say too is like Jeff, you know, Jeff and Dan, how they are is they, they want to chase the biggest, baddest deer they can. And so we have these plans of, Hey, we're going to go to Oklahoma. We're going to go to Kansas. We're going to go to Ohio. Well, then all of a sudden they start hunting this one particular deer that maybe is a giant and Jeff spends three months hunting them and we don't go to our other places. Well, now we've just lost a couple episodes where, you know, if, cause he's going to focus on that deer, he's not going to leave that deer if, if he's killable. So, you know, it's kind of a, a uh, toss up of, you know, do we stay or do we go somewhere else? You know, you just never know what the, I guess the right choice is. In well, sense. and to Cole's point too, Mike and that back in day and Dan can attest to this is I truly believe a lot of TV guys, they lose their identity. And that's something I feel like that we've had to watch, but we have, I mean, it's to, to Cole's point is that's my identity. I want to shoot the buck that I want to shoot not for you to watch it and go, okay, we better just run over here and shoot a TV buck. And Daniel's the same way. And I know, and even Cole, as young as he is, that's how he is. I mean, we are who we are. And yeah, you might get mad at us because we passed the 160, but that's just who we are. I've shot a ton of these other deer. I think that is where I want our show to always end up is this is who we are. We, we're glad you're watching. But we're not living for you. Your identity, our identity is not because you watch us. And if you want to watch us, this is what you're going to get because this is who we are. Which is a unique stance. And that's and that's sort of a thing, right, is is what you're speaking to is the hunting shows where, you know, they go out, they take what they can. It's on film. Now people get to watch it. And what I want to say, like what you're filming is, but it, it's not that you're just being yourselves. You just happen to be on film and and you're kind of showing the journey of like, sometimes you choose to pass. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. the shots there, sometimes the shots not there. Maybe it's the one yeah. that you want, but it's not standing right or, or something spooked it. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want a faulty shot or something like that. So it's, it's, it's a really great stance that you're showing it that way because people you know, anybody that's been outdoors and, and done this, you know, it's not called killing. It's called hunting, right? Like, oh, so yeah. it, it's well, it's, part it, of the, the same thing with us. We built this ground up. But I mean, it's like Daniel. I mean, Daniel shot a 201 uh, what 2014. Yeah. But I mean, and I shot a 202 once. I mean, we shot a couple 200 inch deer. But, you know, one thing is people think, well, y'all got all that good ground. You're going, I mean, it doesn't happen that way. We can't find a lot of those big bucks. We we are working our tail ends off, and we're not going to apologize that we have some of the best ground now. We want we want to continue to have better ground, but it still isn't easy. It's exactly what you said, Mike. It's funny. I mean, Cole Cole he he gets to come along, and and you know he's seen some of all this, and and we're all in it where you're like, hey man, this is tough. You know, even though we worked our way up and we got really really good ground, but it, it ain't easy out there. And I mean, I think that's the draw, right? That's the draw for all of us. It ain't easy. We're competitive, whether you play ball, whether you team row, cap row, whatever it is, this is our way that when I'm old like I am, I can still compete and not really against my buddy, but against one of the smartest animals in the world. I think that's the draw. So you spoke to, to taking advantage of those little moments. And, and I, my, the people that I hunt with do the same thing where it's like, you take a second, you sit down, you watch the sunrise, like, yep, there you go. Take a photograph with your brain. And it, yep. you know, those little tiny moments, what is your favorite areas to hunt? I think, I think all y'all should take a shot at this because you've, you've hunted all over the place, but what's your, well, I'll just start out. Mine is, you know, I have two special ones, and Northwest Oklahoma is special, Mike, because that's where I learned. And it was special because it's where I went, Mike, and I read all the articles. I had watched all the TV shows, and I literally, that's where I learned how to play the wind. That's where I learned and watched a doe over there at 50 yards smell my footprint 
you know, and it started teaching me going, man, I have to be so careful. And I got to experience it and I got to learn it and, um, and how hard it was, but how rewarding it was. So Northwest Oklahoma is probably the most special in my heart. And, and then Kansas right there too, because it's the first place I ever owned ground, not leased it, but owned and, and shot my first buck that I owned ground. And so, and that's where I own the most ground. So that is my special, my two special places. Uh, well, I'll go next, and it won't be much different for the most part. I mean, I would probably put Kansas first uh, for me. You know, I think the big intrigue for me when I first come Kansas, Oklahoma, was more the visual part. You know, the Illinois, where I grew up in the mountains and the hills, you didn't get as much of the visual. And what I mean by that, you get a lot of open ground here in northwest Oklahoma, Kansas, where you can see what the deer are doing, figure out what the deer are doing. Um, it, I guess that visual part for me and uh, in, in Kansas will always be number one. For, uh, I mean, I've had a lot of great hunts and a lot of really good deer. And it has a great diversity, I guess I would say. It does have timbered areas. It does have river bottoms. It does have crop. Um, and then obviously, like Jeff said, Northwest Oklahoma, when I first moved here, Jeff kind of uh, turned me on to all that ground. You didn't really realize how fun it can be. But in that part of the country, you get up there and it just it doesn't look like they're deer there. And all of a sudden, the 180 stands up in the middle of nowhere. And so um, both those places and I think for us, probably, Jeff, you would agree, probably because we spend the most time there, it, 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 it has the, the biggest play in our heart. I liked Illinois. I lived in Illinois for a long time. I, I really did. I, I did love it too. But as far as I had to choose, it would be Kansas or Oklahoma. Yeah, mine again. My my favorite state to hunt is going to be Kansas. However, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it up. Is for going on like sites and scenery and stuff. Our Ohio farm, um, especially if you hit it at the right time in October into November, it's the most beautiful farm. I think I've ever been on just the, the trees are all changing colors. There's just crops rolling, um, you know, bottoms and draws and stuff. It's really just, it's not easy to hunt. It's not like last time we were there, it was actually pretty awful. Uh, but just the scenery is unreal. And then we get to go to, um, on real trees ranch in Nebraska. And the first year we went, we were, I don't, Jeff, you remember the name of that river we were on? I can't remember what it is, but it was just. Not the Platte, it's something I don't remember. Neagasha or something. Um, It's just a place where you can see for miles, um, you know, big rolling sand hills and stuff. It's uh, it's just beautiful to hunt. Um, Now, Kansas, if I'm going to hunt a place, Kansas is going to be my number one to to hunt. But those two places, um, from a cameraman's perspective of getting these scenic, awesome looking shots those two are very tough to beat you know you got your timber timber in ohio and you got your open rolling hills and river bottoms in uh, in nebraska yeah, beautiful so how do you, each of you learn how to hunt because i mean y- y'all are on a hunting show now you run a hunting show you have a you have a large following and you have a pro staff of i don't know how many people now it's like 200 plus or something um you put up, you put this all together. What got it started for you, and who taught you? Well, we are right now at three hundred pro staff plus, and yeah, it's my deal started. You know, I think for everyone, Mike, it's a heart deal, right? It's it's it's. Um, my dad was a coonhunter, and he took me. I mean, he at four years old, I was with him. You know, dad has stories that I listen to, and and where it's just me and him out there coonhunting and. And uh, I, I was introduced to it that, and that's where it all started. You know, from there, um, my dad really, you know, he, he, he whitetail hunted a little bit early, but kind of back in the day, there was very few deer, and, uh, and they hunted different. I mean, dad tells me a story when he quit deer hunting is because they were walking this place, and one deer jumped up, and there's like 25 guys in there, and they went to blasting bullets for flying over his head, and that's when he quit. So he had quit deer hunting, but he had, he had, he'd give me that deal of that bug of the outdoors with coon hunting. And then later in life, when I was about 12, 13 years old, I started cow hunting with my, my uncle had greyhounds. And I just loved that. And of course, dad was, you know, teaching me, bringing me up an outdoors rope and that kind of stuff. So that's just where it all started for me. And, 
I mean, my deal, I always tell people this, uh, I just don't know how to do anything halfway, Mike. I just, if I'm going to do it, I go all in. That's what I did hunting. And then I think this, uh, I think the, the Lord's providence put me in this place where, you know, the guy calls me one day and just says, hey, I got this hunting show. Would you want to go to work for me? And that's where it started. And I had such a, that desire. Um that's where it took me. Um, and, and I, like you said a while ago, I think we would all be, if you take the cameras away right now, we're still going to be exactly doing what we're doing. I mean, we're all probably going to continue to hunt together in Kansas. We're going to be in Oklahoma. We're going we're gonna to shoot the same type of deer. We're going to do all that. And that's who we are. So that that is kind of how we got the show um, and why we're hunting together. I mean, it's just a passion that, you know, probably – you know, we could be doing something and maybe even be financially better, whatever, but um, this is what we love. And I, I didn't mean to speak for y'all. <laughs> no. Well, I, uh, uh, you know, I kind of got a little bit different. Uh, I mean, I grew up in West Virginia. Um, I actually started hunting when I was four. I was actually hunting on my own when I was seven. And so it was more of a, I would say it was more of a way of life and a necessity for, for me. Uh, you know, we didn't grow up with the, the trophy deer deal or none of that. It was, uh, it was, if we didn't shoot deer, we didn't eat, you know, type deal. And so, um, you know, we, I, we were pretty low income growing up. And so a big part, actually probably majority of what we ate, I really, I don't ever remember having beef or, or steak or any of that growing up. Never. I mean, uh, we lived on, uh, we lived on wild game. I mean, that's pretty much what we lived on. So hunting for me was basically, a, you know, it was a way like my dad loved to deer hunt. And, um, you know, he basically instilled that into me. We did a lot of squirrel hunting, a lot of deer hunting. And then, you know, when the magazines really started coming out and outdoor life, I remember learning a lot from it. And then, you know, my passion came from that. And then I remember seeing the monster bucks DVDs and that's where my TV passion became. I knew when they started doing it, what I wanted to try to do for a living. So, um, uh, God well, actually, Daniel, Daniel's probably the hardest working guy I've been around. And, and, you know, even when he first went to work for me, I mean, I think he was correct. If I'm wrong, Danny, he was working like three jobs and he was making like 25,000 a year. Mm. but he he was doing whatever he could he knew where he wanted to be and that's what he was going to chase um, so it's it's definitely just seeing his growth in life and more than anything is his growth in the lord and then like i said he's he's getting older now i think what are you 10 years older than me daniel yeah yeah i ju- i went ahead of you somewhere along the line <laughs> um yeah, my, mine's pretty similar. Um, my dad, I was thankful. He, he, I think you first time I went hunting, I was like four, shut my first year when I was five. I'm from Texas, so it's a very game rich environment. So we did deer hunting was what we mainly focused on, but we did all kinds of different things. But, you know, I grew up in a time where TV was started to take off TV hunting. So I got to watch these guys again, the Monster Bucks DVDs. So you get to learn a lot there. Um, and then when, when I got to start hunting Kansas um, with my dad, um, I think into high school, first to college, that's where you, you know, you really get to learn. It's, it's different. You know, Texas is kind of its own, its own way of hunting compared to these Midwest states, whatever. So when you get to Kansas, you know, you, I tried to take what I learned from watching these guys or watching other TV hosts, whatever and apply it there. And that's, yeah, that's where you kind of learn again. I, I still don't know nothing. Um, I, I have some good people in front of me who, who helped me too. So, um, yeah, still learning, you know, I'm, I'm fairly young. At least I consider myself fairly young and, you know, maybe, maybe one day I'll shoot a 200. We'll see. <laughs> got to find one first. There you go. So I, I got to hit you with some rapid fire questions here. Uh, rifle or bow? Bow. 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 Spot and stock or tree stand? Uh, probably tree stand. I mean, either. It just depends on the deer. Whatever however big that deer is. <laughs> Whatever it necessitates, huh? Yeah. That's a tree stand. Yeah, probably tree stand for me. Yeah, I would say tree stand for me. So, wanted to hit you. Y'all work with properties as well. 
you work with some some real estate um tell me about just from for those listening uh you know if if someone's out there they're looking at lease or purchase what's the first things they want to look at like it then take this from i always try to take this from the 101 level right if someone's new to this but you know I, I try to start at that level because it's useful, useful for people that haven't done it, but it also, you know, everybody can learn. And so there's good tips in there. It provides value for those that are, you know, experienced as well. Well, so to me, it, it's all going to depend on what you're able to do. I mean, obviously if you got, if you don't have the money, you know, which I didn't have for a long time, I had to lease, which was a great option. If it, it gave ground to me, it, you know, if somebody's going to lease, just make sure they get a good contract. You know, I always say this, a lease is only as good as the landowner you're leasing from. You know, if he'll honor things and it's not, and just be straight up. But, you know, if you have the money or if you have the bank behind you or you have the collateral, uh, as, and then you just got to have, you know, you gotta be smart, but you gotta have the guts and, and, and to, you know, if you can buy property, Mac, and, uh, make it better, you know, go in and have fun, you know, have a plan, um, put it together. Um, I truly believe very few times a, a man gets hurt on land. And, and to be honest is we've done a lot with that where we've sold some properties that we probably didn't even want to sell. I mean, it's kind of like this. I tell somebody, I mean, at least, you're going to, you know, you're going to have a good time. You're going to make memories. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, if that lease costs you 20000 a year, that money's gone. But in a, something you own, you know, you're putting money into it. And, and usually you're just building something and, and you're it's like putting that money away. And uh, at the end of the day, you, you've made it better. And, and here's, the, here's the deal that I want to tell everybody is, um, you know, a lot of times we might make quite a bit of money on a piece of property because there's a lot of people with money, but they don't have time or maybe they don't even know how. So if they can say, you know, here, I'll pay you. I want to buy your property that is ready to go so I can I can still play baseball or I can still do my construction or be my lawyer, but I got a place that's just ready. That's a gift to them. And it's a gift to you because you've made money and then you can go on to the next one. And, and so I believe by 100%, you know, you know, I use national land a ton and I'm not a broker in, in, in Kansas. So I use a lot of them boys, the, the brokers there uh, that just help me so much be able to, you know, I, 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 we do what we do. We go make them good. We shoot good deer. We build those deer up. And then at times we, we turn around and sell them. So 100% to me is buy, uh, you know, I make a decent salary here where I work, but that's where I make, you know, more of my money on some land deals that I get to provide to other people. What is the easiest improvement? And it, I, I kind of already know the answer, to it, but I, like, you know, it's going to depend on the land, but in your experience, What's the quickest, easiest thing that people can do to cause a drastic difference in their hunting land? Go ahead, Daniel. I talked to that. <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a pretty loaded question. It's um, loaded, right? I, I, I just wanted to. Throw I, I guess, there. I guess the most important thing that I would probably have to say, and we say this all the time, is food, food, food. Um, you know, obviously, got to have water and food. So, uh, the biggest change that we've made and been able to change our properties, I think, and you flip them basically from a really pretty property with a few deer on it, is when you go in and plant the food, the deer will come. And so, I um, mean, keep the food to them and they'll stay there. And so, I think that's been, and Jeff can tell you on his stuff, and always from the time we've always had all these properties, even the ones we leased, you know, you're, you're basically, you go in and make that property the best you can as far as food and a sanctuary and bring them deer in. Um, you're, like Jeff always says, you're stealing everybody else's deer and putting them on your property. Well, that's so. the eye candy, right? I mean, that's the eye candy to sell them. I mean, when you got those trail camp picks and, and a live deer is worth a heck of a lot better than a dead deer. All of a sudden, like Dan said, you get the food and then you start stealing those deer. And then you got, you know, you're looking for a piece of property over here, Mac. We got a couple 180s over here. That and the other trick to that that people may not know is the income. So to have income as a deer hunter is tricky. 
So if I have soybeans, I got income, and I got I got deer growing bigger antlers possibly, but I'm not going to use those those soybeans when it comes time to hunt, probably because they're yellow. Same thing with corn. I got corn, well, I'm getting income, but they're going to cut it for deer season. I'm not getting to to use that. But what we do, and especially in Kansas and Oklahoma, is we use alfalfa. So it's good. You know, you cut it, big whoop. They're just they're just more tender now. They're hitting it again. So we get three or four cuts sometimes. We're making money, but that draw for them deer never quits. You know, and so that is one thing that we use. So then you got income, you got deer, you got pictures, and that's the quickest thing right there. That I I think that that has a lot of value to it, especially looking at the the crop strategies of you just spoke to something very well as picking something that's going to get harvested before hunting season doesn't really help you out a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So things like alfalfa do lend a lot of help on in those areas. Um, what's what sort of um, do you have any specific success stories that come to mind as far as taking the land that doesn't look great and getting it primed up for great hunting? Well, I mean, I I have to think of me and Daniel a few years ago, we doubled in Kansas. I mean, we had worked uh, real hard on a property we had called the woolly grass. And, and, you know, when we first got it, I mean, you know, there was big deer in there, no doubt. But when we first got it, it was just grass and some timber on it. And we went to work on it, put alfalfa field in the soybeans in food plots. We we put a big bulk feeder in. We more than anything, Mac, we stayed out of the center of it. I mean, we did we were just careful tiptoeing in. I had another farm I just bought called the Caddy Shack. And the same thing. We went to work on it. We hung them sets. We put food on it. We did all this stuff that had never happened on it before. This property had been outfitted and we just stayed out of it. I ended up purchasing that that place. I purchased another 80 acres beside it. Then I purchased another was 17 acres cone. Mm-hmm. And then I and I got a bridge shut down. There was an old county road there that the bridge was out and it was causing people to go park down there and this and that. And I went to the county and worked real hard to get that bridge shut down. So we owned that road. And I got everything shut down. And anyway, we saw a weather pattern coming and we had I had one buck on the woolly grass that had four drop times. Uh and uh we had a big deer, big typical on the other property, and me and Daniel went in the same day. And we killed those deer the same evening. And we didn't go in to hunt them. We went in to kill them. We, we have set those properties up. We waited on the right wind, waited on the right temperatures, waited on the barometer. And I think it's September 21st, I called Daniel and I'm like, dude, I'm coming in from New Mexico on elk hunt. I said, meet me at the Kansas properties. We, you know, this, this front's hitting. And he already knew it, of course. And we met there and we went and shot both those deer that night. And, uh, and it, it's just from elbow grease. That's what it was from. It was from elbow grease, a vision, working our tail ends off, and then the good Lord blessed us what it was. So, and and I want to be respectful of time here. I had you guys blocked for an hour, but I wanted to hit with a couple of questions before I, you know, we all got stuff to get to. Uh, y'all have been in this for a while. Cole, you're a little newer. I'm going to pick on you a little bit, but you're a little newer in this. But being in this for a while, does it still have the same enjoyment? I think it's different. I think it's different. I'll quick answer and then let y'all. For me, it's different. I still have the same enjoyment. I I I enjoy different things. I uh, you know I don't have to go kill six deer a year. I don't have nothing to prove. God's helped me to learn that. That's not my identity. But more is when I see what Daniel's done and see what, what kind of man he is and see what kind of man Cole is and Chancey and, and being able to be there and and possibly even be able to, to step more aside and let these guys spread their wings and, and take this on. I mean, that is where my heart is now is to, to, uh, and I enjoy that so much. Now, again, don't get me wrong. And, is I, 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 these guys know I love, I get wound up chasing these big deer, but I just don't have to, I don't have to be out there. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to sleep in all those beds anymore. I'm going to let these guys do more and more and I'm going to come in and, 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 and hunt and, and shoot some big deer here and there. But that is where it's different for me now. Well, I think Daniel. 
Oh, there we go. Daniel's back. I was going to have Cole jump in. I looked like Daniel <laughs> cut out there. Yeah. Uh, you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay. For me, uh, Dan, you're going to have to get a stop or we can't hear you. <laughs> well, it, it switched to my Bluetooth. There we go. There it is. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it went to my Bluetooth. Um, but for for me, I think the passion's never really decreased at all. I think just you kind of evolve, like Jeff said, through your career of what you you do. You know, for me, I I still get as excited as anything when the deer walks in. People always ask that. Well, you've shot all these deer, do you still get wound up? I mean, they still twist me all upside down. I mean, you're still nervous and shaking, and I, I and that's the whole point. We always said when that quits, you know, it's time to stop, and it never has. I mean, it's still increased just as much, you know, for 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 me, and so. Um, and then just, I got a lot of kids now and starting to involve them, Grayson hunts in a week and a half, my oldest son. And so I think just trying to pass that on a little bit and Jeff can tell you his most fun hunt was probably with his girls. And so the, I just want to be able to pass that on the same to my son. And so, uh, just continue that passion. And, um, I don't know if it'll ever do it. They'll have to wheel me out in the wheelchair, I think, cause I want to continue to shoot something. So. Well, what about you? Yeah, it's the same. It's, uh, you know, I think it's kind of like relationship. You start off and you're just, you're a hundred percent. And that's kind of still how I am. It's, um, I'm still fired up about it. Obviously when you, when you coming into it, you don't know exactly what to expect, uh, but this is be, I think my fifth year, fifth season filming with them and doing all that. And yeah, the desire is, it's just getting bigger for me. Um, I love, you know, this job is, I know there's a lot of people who would, do a lot of things to have it. Um, so just thankful to, to be able to do it and hopefully take advantage of it and, you know, do it the right way and, and go after these big deer. That's, again, I'm, I'm pretty young, but I, I don't want to just go shoot anything. That's, that's not who I am. I, I like, you know, putting the work on these farms, especially, you know, Jeff's bought some really good Kansas farms and we're, we're just steadily making them better and better. And, and, you know, you see the, the results of it. Um, and yeah, I have, I have no intentions of, of, of stopping anytime soon. And, you know, again, I haven't shot as many deer as they have or in big deer, but you know, maybe one day I'll, I'll be up there. Well, if, if people watching don't know, I mean, Cole's footage, Mac is, is probably the best I've ever seen. I mean, his, his God has given him a gift, uh, a couple. I mean, one is he can, he can freaking film. I mean, he films like no other. I mean, from, from the way that he makes his look to, to his steadiness, to his gift of pictures and, and all that. But even on top of that, God has given him a gift to be a hunter. You know, and a lot of times I'm just telling you, I've been through a lot. I don't, I've not always had one or the other. I've had a good hunter that doesn't really film that good, or I've had a good field producer that ain't very good hunter. And, you know, that's the gift Cole has. And then, the other is someone like me and Daniel, you know, we're old school. Sometimes we would wear guys out. And that's the other gift Cole has is you don't wear him out. You, you can't. He, he's <laughs> always ready. You know, he, he went to Kansas the other night in 100 degree weather. And, you know, he sets in a blind to just get this one shot and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I would encourage anyone to, to make sure and go to Cole's pages and just see his footage. It, it's phenomenal. And which is what makes us. I mean, you know, me and Daniel are just two old country boys who like to hunt, but without Cole and his vision, we wouldn't be where we're at by no means. And what, one thing I'll say too is you, we actually talked about the other day, you kind of got to be half crazy to, to, to do what we do. You know, we, we love it. And, um, you know, I, obviously my job is to film and do all that. So I'm filming Jeff most of the time. And whenever he's not hunting, I'm, you know, that's my chance to hunt. So I, I get to spend a lot of time, you know, I, I don't have too many off days in the, in the fall. Cause if, if I'm not filming Jeff, I'm usually hunting for myself, you know, when I got that chance. So it's, uh, yeah, if the, the de desire ever leaves, you know, something might change, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the deal and COVID attest to this, Mike, and people listening is, you know, we're not knocking the job for one. It, people, like Cole said, they would love to be here. But I think anyone that's ever come to, whether it's us or they work for Realtree or whoever, is you get there and you're like, crap, this is real work. 
you know, it, there's work. I mean, if you're going to do this, it's work. It's time. It's it's travel. It's this and that. Again, I think we love it, but it is. You almost got to be a different breed. There's a uh, there's an element that I'm picking up here that I, I I hear it a lot with people that have worked in the positions where uh you know they're they're doing what they want and and you tend to hear people look at that situation and they say oh you're so lucky oh you've you've done you know things have worked out for you and what I'm hearing and, and this kind of goes across the board with a, with a lot of people is when you work as hard as it sounds like you all have worked it's not luck you've built this from the ground up through hard work and effort and you found hard workers and built it that way, right? No, I, I think so. I think we were all raised that way. I mean, uh, and, and I believe hard work is. I mean, that's the preparation. And, and not that God didn't bless us at times, absolutely. And so I'll always give him praise and glory for, for everything that happens. I, I truly believe that. But, you know, again, I mean, I think, I think in a world we live in today, you know, you go work at whatever. I mean, truly go work and, and get after it. You know, you can you can make some of yourself whatever. I mean, you get what you put into. It. I mean, it's as simple as that. And and um, you know, like I said, we. I think one of the biggest things in whatever a person does is you just got to find who you are. You know, and that's what I think God has helped us here is we're just who we are. And uh, you know, and and then the other is Mike is just like. You know, we couldn't make it without these good people that support us. I mean, you know, National Land and, and Ronnie Richardson believed in us, you know, and, and we've been with that and, and we're, we're working with those type of people. You know, your real trees, your Academy Sports Center, all these people that's come alongside us. And now I will say this, they come along beside basically because it ain't for their health. They come, just like you said, I mean, they see that we're hard workers. They see that we are going to go at what we're going to do. And then the others, we look people in the eye and tell them the truth. And, uh, you know, with those deals, I think we hold each other accountable here. We're, we're going to have integrity. And, and that is what I would tell anybody. I mean, if you want something, and back to your point of doing something you want, I would encourage everyone to do that. You know, I think so much this world has pushed us into, okay, I got to do this because you got to make a living. And not, not that, you know, I, I understand not everyone can go do what they want, but I would tell all youngsters to have your head and figure out a way, you know, at least to give it that opportunity to see if you can do what you want. 100%. I don't, it's pretty sage, uh, pretty sage advice there, man. Um, hey, like I said, I had y'all booked for an hour. We're already like 10 minutes over. I want to be respectful of that. Um, so I'll give you all the platform, any last kind of, you know, words that you want to drop and, uh, I'll let y'all get on with your day. Well, you want me to plug all the shows, Jeff? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you can watch our bug ventures show. It's on outdoor channel. Our main air times are Thursdays at seven 30 and eleven thirty Eastern. Uh, we have our woodsman show, which is all of our bug ventures pro staff. 300 people from all over the country. We have 13 episodes there. It's on uh, Sportsman Channel uh, on Wednesdays at, I believe, 9 o'clock Central. Um, follow our YouTube. We're about to do a lot of YouTube stuff, especially this fall, trying to keep everybody, you know, semi-live, uh, trying to keep up with the time. So do that. And then obviously follow all of our socials if you are interested in hunting and um, hunting education. And, you know, we, we try to that's one thing these guys are good at is trying to educate people, um, whether you're hunting for the first time or you've been doing it 20 years, you know, kind of what we do. And it's probably not always right, uh, but we're, you know, we try to share with people and, and help. So, yeah. Well, no, I just want to say this. Anytime I can get a platform for a second, I, I just want to look everybody in the eye out there and say, listen, just remember, it's not religion. It's about Christ dying on the cross for our sins. That that happened. And, and it's about, it's not about saying a prayer to say, oh, I'm a Christian. It's about, you know, if Christ is living inside of you, your life should start looking like that. That is our goal is to be like Christ, to be humble, to be prideless, to be dying to self and, and serving him, to be in his house, to be 
um, that servant as just like Christ came here to serve and then ultimately died on the cross, rose again three days later, and now sits at the right hand of God. I mean, that is the gospel. And so I would tell you, wherever you are, you look to your left, you look to your right, you think everyone's got it together, and you don't. None of us got it together. The only hope is in Christ and clinging to that cross. And so that's what I would say, you know, go look at Luke 9, 23 and 24, as you pick up your cross daily, you be last and not first. You serve, you die to self, and then think of others as more important to you. So that's my ultimate message. That's my message to myself every day. And um, anyway, it's all about him. Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. Daniel, you got anything? No, I just want to thank you for having us on, man, and uh, just hope you have a blessed day. Uh, we're just honored and beyond humbled to be on here and be asked to be on here and be part of it. So thank you. Awesome. Well, I can't thank you all enough. I appreciate your time. You know, we all have limited time in our days. I appreciate you spending some with me. Um, and yeah, we'll get you on here again. I, I, we, we got more to cover, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see about getting you on here. I'll tell you how we could do it. We could just kind of leave it this way. Next year, y'all, you just find a little honey hole out there for us to come out to Idaho with you and hit some cold yeah. weather, whether we're shooting some muleys or some elk. We'll, we'd be glad to finish the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be, a, you know, I want to find the honey hole first. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you. This concludes episode number 57 for the National Land Realty Podcast with Buck Ventures Outdoors' very own Jeff Danker, Daniel McVeigh, and Cole Cannon. Check out the links for this podcast to get showtimes for Buck Ventures, The Woodsman, and for links to listen to Between the Brows. You can learn more about land ownership and the buying and selling of land at nationalland.com. <laughs>